0: Hello, and welcome to the CitySpeak Podcast, where we talk about everything relevant to stakeholders at City Hall and municipal government organizations. CitySpeak Podcast has a unique focus on community and directing interests to an exciting career in municipal government. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, John Herrera, a city director and CPA with 30 years experience in the efficient delivery of municipal services to his communities. Here now is John Herrera. Hello, everybody. This is John Herrera with Muni Temps and the CitySpeak podcast and video blog. Today's CitySpeak podcast is on the topic, what does recession feel like at City Hall? So I ask you the questions, what do the years 1990, the year 2000, and the year 2008 mean to you? Well, these are economic downturns, aren't they? So that's why I ask you the question, do you remember, if you worked at City Hall, do you remember what it felt like at City Hall during these recessions, if you happen to live through these? You know, during my lifetime, I experienced these three recessions, plus two others, the recession of 1980 and the recession of 1973. But these were prior to my working career in local government, which I began in 1990. So I ask a question for you. Listeners, how many economic downturns have you lived through? How many did you experience while you were working at City Hall? Please feel free to share your experiences with me uh, by commenting on the blog or the podcast. So I asked the question because we need to relate what it felt like when we were going through recession at City Hall. Do you remember what a recession feels like? What a recession feels like to you or me depends depends on what it depends on the severity of the economic downturn and the financial preparedness that we had through our parents um, maybe through city hall or even ourselves you know when i was in my 20s and my 30s working at city hall i used to know a lot of city council members and city managers who had lived through the Great Depression of the 1930s. Now, most of these guys have since passed away. But, you know, I learned a treasure trove of experiences that helped me to shave my conservative economic thinking and the need for fiscal preparedness. Please don't take offense, but if you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth, your financial decisions later in life will reflect that thinking as you make decisions. If you grew up in an upper-class environment, the economic recessions were really nothing much than, nothing more than an opportunity to become even more wealthy. Certainly that's been happening during the 2020 recession. But the opposite is true for those of us who grew up in poor uh, or middle-income environment. Of course, If you're working at City Hall, it's not likely that you came from a wealthy, upper-class family. But then again, this is not always the case. Regardless, the less pain that you feel during an economic recession, the less likely you are to worry about future recessions if you didn't feel that pain. Now, speaking of the older ones I worked with years ago, because of the great pain and sorrow that they felt, And they experienced during the Great Depression, these older ones tended to make budget decisions which were more austere than those made by the younger ones. These older ones, their fiscal policies were more focused on financial preparedness, saving as much as possible for the rainy day fund, because they always felt that another economic depression could happen again. Now, most of us who today work at City Hall have likely lived through at least one economic downturn. That is why I ask you if you remember what that recession felt like when you were working at City Hall during that recession. Do you remember the sights and sounds and all the discussions that were making their way through the grapevine at City Hall during that last recession, specifically the great recession of the year 2008, 2009? Do you remember the budget facts and figures and the political rhetoric surrounding the financial issues facing your city, and importantly, the layoffs forced by the recession. I personally still have vivid memories of what recession felt like at the city hall I worked at during these three economic downturns in my career in local government. So what does recession mean to you? That's a question I have for you. If you're a long-term thinker, you have likely spent the greater part of your working life preparing for your financial future. Remember our previous uh, CitySpeak podcast where we talked about how thinking long-term results in greater rewards? Yes, if you're a long-term thinker, at best, your goal is to achieve financial independence before you reach 55 years old. And at worst, your goal is to hold on to a stable job at City Hall while saving enough rainy day money to make it through the next recession, should you lose your job or face an economic shock? I'm a CPA, and as a CPA, I have to remind you that your goal should be to save enough cash to sustain you and your family for 6 to 12 months. That means that if that you need thirty dollars to $60,000 in the bank if you need $5,000 a month in cash to live. Of course, you need to keep in mind that there is also an unemployment check that you'll get that will cover part of your base monthly budget costs. And hopefully you don't need to touch your 457 or your 401k plan that should be saved for your retirement. Remember that social security is not as certain as your public employee pension. So keep adding to your deferred compensation plan whenever possible. Also don't count too much on more economic stimulus relief from Uncle Sam. They've already printed more money and they can count in anybody's lifetime. Count on yourself and keep simplifying your cost of living to maximize your long-term plan, including funding your 6- to 12-month rainy day emergency reserve account. And remember, this economic recession won't last forever, but when we're in it, you'll be happier that you plan for it. So let's now talk about what recession means to your city or town. You've heard that City Hall is the last to feel the effects of the economic downturn, but it's also the last to recover from it. There's a saying that my Uncle Daniel always told to me. He said, Cuando mires tu vecino rasurándose, pon tu barba remojar, which loosely translated is, when you see your neighbor shaving, put your unshaven face in warm warm water. Yes, when we see our neighbors in the private sector doing layoffs, employees at City Hall should start preparing for the inevitable. The revenues at your City Hall will not totally dry up during an economic downturn, but find out how long your city's revenues, cash flows can fall in a given quarter or fiscal year before it faces a liquidity financial crisis and job layoffs begin. Sales taxes and hotel taxes make up the large percentage of your city's general fund budget. The business closures caused by coronavirus has hit this local tax revenue source hard, and it continues to do so in the foreseeable future. There is simply no light yet at the end of this coronavirus economic tunnel. I'm sorry to say that, but regardless of the definition, Of what an economic recession or depression is, keep in mind the saying of our former U.S. president Harry S. Truman. He said, "When you're in, you, you know you're in a recession when your neighbor's out of work, but you're in a depression when you're out of work." The bottom line: your main focus really is on whether or not you will still have a job at City Hall during the next economic downturn. There's much we can do to plan for the next recession, and I guess I ask the question: Are we in a recession now? Are we in a recession in 2020? A year ago, I wrote an article about the next recession because we've been in the longest-running economic expansion in history, more than 10 years. But nobody has a crystal ball to foretell exactly when a recession will happen. Yet everybody knows recession happens, and we were way past due for another recession back in 2019. In the middle of March of this year, in 2020, the coronavirus outbreak tipped our American economy into recession because it was way overdue for a recession. Yes, we are now officially in a recession, especially because my neighbors are out of work, as our president, Harry S. Truman, said. Now, I'm not running for office. By the way, November elections are already gone, but I'm not running for office. So I can speak what I really see around me. Many are trying to remain optimistic about the economy to avoid what they say is a self-fulfilling prophecy factor that could further exacerbate an economic downturn. However, there's just no sugarcoating. Our existing economic reality that continues to be made uncertain by business closures due to coronavirus is real. To make matters worse, we are living through the most politically, racially, and economically divided time in our modern history in America. These are all colliding together to create a perfect storm of financial and economic chaos that will destroy a lot of city jobs and create massive uncertainty that will require all of us to go back to the basics of conservative personal financial planning. We will become more oriented towards being savers rather than spenders. And this will further hurt our economies at the local, regional, national, and even global level. But, you know, in the interest of personal interest and to protect our families, we need to save for the rainy day, which could well be accompanied by unemployment, even at City Hall, where we always enjoy job stability. So if we think and do what is best for ourselves and those who depend on us during this 2020 economic recession, you will really say that your city Survive the downturn to the extent that your job was spared from layoff. If your co-workers lose their job, you may still feel your city survived the economic downturn because your job was spared. Now, you may say to me, you sound like self-interest is all we care about. And I would ask you, if there were two people who were going to be laid off, and you both will lose your house if you get laid off, Who would you honestly say you prefer loses their job? You may have a hard time answering that question, but it's also not you who will make the decision of who gets laid off. That is the job of the city manager and the director in your department. Now, I now have to ask the question, what's wrong with thinking self-interest in a recession? In the end, self-interest is a basic tenet in the economic theory followed in our capitalist system in America because the rational expectation is the economy will always be better off if individuals do what is in their own self-interest. You can learn more about this economic concept of rational self-interest by visiting my website at munitemps.com and go to the City Speak blog section, then find this article to view a very interesting chart on rational self-interest. But at the end of the day, the definition of recession is really all about the individual self. The question is really whether I will still have my city job to define if we're in a recession. Is my department's budget being fully funded? That is the real budget that must meet the test of an economic downturn, recession. Again, I ask, what's wrong with self-interest as i said before that's the foundational assumption in our modern economics capitalism now i'm not discussing the strengths and weaknesses about capitalism I'm not doing that i'm just pointing out a fundamental premise about our capitalist economy look it up self-interest refers to actions that elicit the most personal benefit and results in the greatest good for our society, according to the smart economists who help shape fiscal and public policy at the federal government level. Have any of you heard of Adam Smith? Adam Smith, the father of modern economics, explained in 1776, 240 years ago, this is when America was founded, he explained that the best economic Benefit for all people should be accomplished only when individuals act in their own self-interest. Do you believe this? Well, that is what we were taught in economics in college. That is also what is followed in our capitalist society in America. Uncle Sam has an annual federal budget deficit right now that exceeds a trillion dollars a year. So he really should be cutting expenditures to balance his budget, right? That is the self-interest decision for self-preservation, right? But wait, Uncle Sam, for reasons of self-interest himself, has decided you should not feel too much pain from this 2020 economic downturn. So he has decided to overspend and run federal budget deficits, never before seen in our country's 244-year history. There's a number of other reasons for that as well. But let's examine how Uncle Sam is able to do this overspending. And here's the point. Our national debt stands at $27.2 trillion, and this is growing by $1 million every 20 seconds. The national debt as of Monday, November 2nd, the year 2020, at 8.23 in the a.m. in the morning in Pacific Standard Time, it stood at 27.2 trillion. That 27.2 trillion debt grows by 1 million every 20 seconds and is growing exponentially by the second. You can watch this clock tick the national debt up into the stratosphere every 20 seconds. Again, go to munitemps.com, click on today's City Speak blog, and click on the national debt clock within the written blog for this article, for this blog. Do you remember our last City Speak podcast where we discussed compound interest? Keep that in mind as part of this discussion. But let me now move to a new discussion. Do you know what a balance sheet is? A balance sheet is a a financial statement that shows the net worth of an individual, a business, or even any of the various levels of government. Let me briefly describe this balance sheet. The balance sheet lists the assets, liabilities, and equity, also known as net worth, of an entity. The assets section of the balance sheet is basically a list of anything you own. The liabilities section of the balance sheet is a list of all of the obligations, basically anything you owe. And the equity section of the balance sheet is what you have left over. Assets minus liabilities equals equity or net worth. When looking at a balance sheet, always make sure that nobody's cooking the books to make the numbers of the fund balance look better than they are. Go to my CitySpeak blog where I discuss how important it is for the city manager to look at and understand their city's balance sheet. Again, munitemps.com, CitySpeak, find the article on the balance sheet and you'll read more about it. Now, every American family today owes $200,000 of this $27.2 trillion national debt. Did you know that? Every family in America who knows how to prepare a basic balance sheet should include $200,000 in the liability section of their balance sheet to determine their family's true financial position or net worth. Yes. This debt obligation that you and I have to pay back as part of the American people is enormous, or rather ginormous, as my children say. You don't believe me? Well, who else is going to pay back this $27.2 trillion national debt obligation that's growing by a million dollars every 20 seconds and faster with every second that ticks on the national debt clock? How does the federal government pay back the principal and interest on its debt? One word, taxes. Yes, you and I as working individuals and business owners will eventually have to pay back that $27.2 trillion national debt. That's the price for having the greatest economy in the world. You know, whoever wins the White House, pray for them as they will have to craft aggressive economic solutions to the greatest debt obligation the world has ever seen. And we all need to be a part of the solution, whether it is through our ideas that we put in the suggestion box of our congressmen or through deductions in our paycheck in the form of tax withholdings. But life is not that easy. There is a huge, monstrous uncertainty facing us all as indirect holders of this $27.2 trillion debt obligation, rising interest rates. The biggest risk today is rising interest rates. The Federal Reserve Bank sets the price of money. It surprises me that the Federal Reserve Bank is well aware of what happens when government tries to control any commodity in the markets. Bad things happen. It doesn't matter if we are talking about government controlling the price of pork bellies, wheat, soy, or even money. And the price of money is interest rates. Bad things will happen when the Federal Reserve Bank, which is now more affected by politics than ever, tries to control the price of money. Bad things will happen. You end up with inefficiencies in the market with huge liquidity shortages or surpluses, which can spike interest rates in ways we have seen many times in the last 30 years. God help us, if interest rates go up, if they go up back to the normal levels of the past 30 years. I believe the Federal Reserve Bank is playing Russian roulette with our money supply and the gigantic debt obligation the US Treasury is creating now. But this is not a political statement. It is an academic statement based on the basic economic theory I was taught in the public universities I attended. I suppose maybe they trained me wrong as a joke But that is what I and many other business grad school students were taught. The $27.2 trillion national debt might seem manageable to the architects in Washington today. However, this is an illusion. It is only because the Federal Reserve Bank keeps on promising that they can keep interest rates at the artificially low level they are today. But this is no more sustainable than the money machine scheme some smart people think. They can play long-term for short-term gains. There's a reason the yield curve for interest rates should always show an upward ramping line. The rate of interest borrowers demand for loaning their money goes up every year into the future. I have a sample yield curve for our discussion purposes on my written city speak blog on the munitemps.com website. Please visit that. Even if the loan is to the federal government, which is considered risk, zero risk, a risk-free borrower, the interest rate, the price of money goes up the longer the individuals or businesses buying the government bonds has to wait to receive their money at the stated interest rate. The 30-year U.S. Treasury bond is paying about a little more than 1.5%. This results in a price of about $405 billion a year in interest costs. If you look at historical interest rates and the 8.5% interest rate the 30-year U.S. Treasury bond was paying in 1990, the total interest cost would total about $2.3 million today. That is an unsustainable level of debt service, even for the largest economy in the world. What federal programs would have to be cut if the interest rates on the 30-year U.S. Treasury bond went from 1.5% to even a modest 3%? What if interest rates went from one5 to 5% or to the level they have been historically? You can do the math. It's simple multiplication. Granted, as I said, U.S. Treasury debt is considered risk-free investments. However, When the interest rates do not even cover the inflation premium or a liquidity premium for the long-term investment horizon associated with 30-year debt obligations, that is a huge red flag somebody should be talking about. There's a picture of the segments that make up the interest rate. And you can see that also in my written article for this podcast at Now. I realize we're talking about risky behavior with artificially low interest rates in our American economy when our government is the borrower. However, a similar analogy can be made by looking at the mistakes when governments plays the market with taxpayer dollars. How many of you remember Robert Citron, treasurer for Orange County, California? This man looked like a genius as he was beating the market making magical millions and above market returns for the municipalities who were lured in by his investment strategies that defied fundamental economics regarding interest rates and the price of money. This dude was cool, and local government treasurers who were bamboozled by the opportunity to beat LEIF, Local Agency Investment Fund or other investment yields, did not see the red flag. Higher yields, are only earned by taking on higher risk. As municipal finance officers today, we, have, we now follow, right, the Sly S-L-Y investment strategy, S, safety, L, liquidity, Y, yield, in that order. Yield is the last objective when we are investing taxpayer dollars. Safety and liquidity are more important, yet there are optimal investment strategies that municipal finance officers can follow to maximize investment yields without sacrificing safety. Email me, john at munitemps.com, or again, go to munitemps.com to get all my contact information so I can tell you more about this subject, especially if you work for a small city or municipality. I can help you. It was so embarrassing and disastrous when Orange County went bankrupt due to this highly leveraged investment strategy of its treasurer, Robert Citron. The reverse could be true if Jerome Powell continues to loosen the spigot to the money supply valve to keep interest rates artificially low. What could happen to America if it continues on its highly leveraged strategy of playing the money market with taxpayer dollars as a way to balance the budget and keep the economy and the stock market looking good? There needs to be a balance between monetary policies of the Federal Reserve Bank with the fiscal policies of the White House. Remember, now it seems to be that the American economy and the stock market are being mostly propped up by the cheap money monetary policies of the Federal Reserve Bank. This is just not sustainable, in my opinion. In a future CitySpeak podcast, I'll delve deeper into the term structure of interest rates And I will present further what makes up the interest rates you see in the markets today. But there are people smarter than me in Washington and up in the Ivy League universities who should be saying something. That's my opinion. So what difference should all of this mean to the budgets that you and I who work at City Hall building conservative financial plans to weather this 2020 and future economic downturn? I asked the question, can state and federal governments affect the budget of City Hall? I recall working as finance director for various city governments in California during the last 30 years. It was so frustrating watching how futile our financial management efforts were at times when the state of California would take state budget actions and redirect local dollars that would erase years of city budget-saving strategies and the establishment of economic stabilization funds for the rainy day and economic recessions. Also, the flurry of unfunded state mandates was an indirect way to take money away from local government coffers, making budget building a constantly challenging and uncertain task at City Hall. But we can't forget, that the city is a local government agency that is a creature of the state government. Our city organization exists only because the state allowed us to be created and formed as a municipal corporation. Therefore, the state can enact legislation that can supersede and override, or rather raid, local government coffers and the budget at City Hall. So, our city organization is dependent on the state government yet the state is also dependent on the federal government. That is what I believe is known as the federalist system of government that we live in in America. This is why I ask, can the state or federal governments hurt the budgets that we make at City Hall? The answer is yes, of course they can. Yet, although the actions of the federal and state government that we live in as a whole will impact our local government and our individual planning efforts, that is no reason to throw our hands up and stop thinking long term. We need to plan and factor in state and federal government actions in our city budget legislation as local government organizations. This is no different than planning for economic recessions or any other event that can and should be consistently planned for. Conservative, budget practices that promote a theme of fiscal discipline should be followed, just like the prudent person theory should be followed when making investments with taxpayer dollars. Unfortunately, during times of economic uncertainty, austere or draconian measures are sometimes needed as a stopgap measure. Yet consistent, long-term conservative financial planning needs to be continually advanced when talking money and the economy at City Hall. This is what allows us to plan for economic uncertainties and to weather the economic downturns that come periodically. Now, depending on our risk tolerance for uncertainty in our long-term financial and budget planning, this will determine the level of short-term sacrifices we will make to secure the fiscal sustainability our city wishes to achieve in the long run. What does conservative financial and budget planning mean? Living within your means. Now, who can define when you are living within your means? The city? No. The state? No. The federal government? No. Yet, there is a a saying that change needs to come from the top. The top of the hierarchy of government in America is supposed to be setting the example of what prudent financial management should be practiced at the state or at the city government level. And this should cause each of the 330 million Americans, or rather the 160 million working adults who must pay their bills and must plan for their spending and adopt their own budgets to also live within their means. Now, what example is Uncle Sam setting for us today? We said earlier, Uncle Sam is printing trillions of greenbacks, getting the country into levels of debt obligations the world has never seen. This action is being taken not just to stabilize the economy, but to lessen the pain we feel at City Hall or as individuals during this economic downturn that has been in progress really long before coronavirus reared its ugly head in March of 2020. I'm not making a judgment call on anybody's decision to live beyond or within their means. However, in my family, if you didn't have the cash to pay for things, we didn't go into debt to buy it. Now, of course, I'm not talking about buying such things as a house or a car or anything that's a large dollar amount, right? The obvious problem we have had in America is that people don't live within their means because the American economy now depends on all of us to keep buying more and more things, whether we need them or not, to keep the economy running in high gear. But consumers, you and I are exhausted from the nonstop spending advertisement that now flashes through our eyes every minute of every waking moment. We're tired of the nonstop demands that we keep spending and shopping. Think about this. Why do we do this? Of course, we know that to achieve the high standard of living in America, we need to buy more and more on credit, going into debt for everything from bicycles to fancy name brand clothing. And Uncle Sam sets the example by consistently printing money, issuing greater debt, in my opinion, kicking the can further and further down the road to the point that we are mortgaging our grandchildren's children's future. And as I said above, every working family has over $200,000 in liabilities on their personal financial statement. This balance sheet has their individual share of the $27.2 trillion and growing national debt. We should all feel the weight of this debt on our family's budget. We may not have to pay it all back today, but do not be misled. The $27.2 trillion debt obligation of our country has to be paid back eventually through taxes. And each of us has over $200,000 as our individual share of that debt, our piece of that obligation. This is the price to enjoy the economic life we have as Americans in the USA. But I believe that if we spend a little less and live within our means, we can enjoy as a a higher quality of life to go along with this great economy. So in conclusion, bringing it back to the local government level, recession at City Hall feels like any unsettling uncertainty and challenge we need to work through. We will get through this 2020 economic recession. We always have. Working together as an organization and as a community, we can get through anything. I'm still dumbfounded how the budget architects and financial wizards in Washington can justify such massive overspending, living beyond their means, our means, as Americans. But the problem belongs to all of us, all 330 million of us. We have to work together to get out of this overspending mess to leave a better future for those who come after us. This financial management strategy of going into debt every time you wanna buy something you cannot now afford sets a poor example for everybody, for the millions of American individuals who work hard to balance their budgets, to live within their means. As individuals, businesses, and local government employees at City Hall, we know what an economic recession feels like, don't we? So we must prepare now to survive and to thrive through long-term financial planning decisions as we work ourselves out of this recession. You can hope for Uncle Sam to pull another rabbit out of the hat to lessen the pain of the 2020 recession, but this will likely come through printing more money, borrowing more money, or some other serious fiscal or monetary policy to lessen the pain we feel as individuals. The optimistic forecast is that we will be out of this 2020 recession in three to six months, but personally, I would encourage you to plan for an economic recovery that takes 12 to 36 months. If we come out of this 2020 recession sooner, super. If not, then we will not be stressed that the economic recovery is delaying, which reduces the stress level in ourselves and those who depend on us for sustenance. Please keep these things in mind, friends. Uh, recession at city hall yeah, it can feel pretty bad but austere and Conservancy will help us to get through this through this uh, recession this is John Herrera from muni attempts, thanking you for joining me for today's city speak podcast and video blog and I'll see you next time thank you bye-bye Thank you for listening to the City Speak podcast. Tune in next time where we will talk again about everything relevant to stakeholders at City Hall and municipal government organizations.